Welcome to Marketing Rewired. I'm Rachel Foy, marketing coach and subconscious mind expert, and I'm here to help you get more people into your offers using simple and effective marketing that actually works, whilst rewiring your beliefs around business success, visibility, and selling. Are you ready? Let's get stuck in. Right then, gorgeous one, a big one welcome to the podcast. And today's guest is someone who, if you haven't met him yet, you are going to be blown away by this conversation that we had a little while ago. Today's guest on the show is a fabulous human being by the name of Gareth Riddy. He's a healer, an author, a speaker, and a tone lowerer. And he helps people heal. And he does it in a very unique way by unscrambling the neurological nonsense that underlies people's physical and emotional issues. We had an amazing conversation not too long ago. So it's here, it's ready to share with all of you. And without further ado, here's the conversation that we had. Right then, I've got an amazing guest and I cannot bloody wait to talk to him. I can't believe that we've never actually spoken in real life until literally about three minutes ago. It's the wonderful Gareth Riddy. Good morning. Hi, 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 everybody. And hello, Rachel. Thanks for having me. No, it's so lovely to have you on because um, we're just quickly saying, I feel like I know you in the sense of what you do and some of your wizardry and magic, but we're about to delve into it in more detail. So before we do, would you mind um, explaining in your words kind of who you are and what you're all about? God, I know it's so a big question, right? right? <laughs> no, I can't explain what I do. Nobody else can. It's just a thing. So I, I am. What am I? I'm a dude. I do shit, and it's cool and stuff. So I am a healing dude, essentially. Uh, is it, my bag healing my bag? I started off with um, mechanical issues in the gym. I was a PT, and I started learning stuff to help people out of pain in the gym. And as I got deeper into that. I started looking at the neurological control of the body and then as we got deeper into that we're looking at the relationship between traumas and physiology and what goes on in the physiology and I was like oh oh there's there's something in that oh oh yeah. and I kind of fell in love with it and I ran with that and just I ended up down a rabbit hole and um I don't know where the fuck I am now and it's just confusing but nowadays I focus mainly on uh trapped emotions triggers traumas that type of stuff but from a physiological perspective kind of mm. getting it out of the system so that it doesn't affect the psychology that that's kind of my bag nowadays but i'm just down the hole i'm like a i'm like a reluctant healer you know it's like the universe tapped on the shoulder and you do this now and i'm like all right do you know I mean? it, it was an accident basically and i'm here i love and it I and, yeah and do you know what and i love how many people that i speak to who are kind of an amalgamation of all the things that they've done and experienced and learned and trained in and actually sometimes it's really hard isn't it to put a label on well this is what I do yeah. because there's so many branches and nuances to everything as well so yeah I yeah. get it um so your personal experience has kind of led you to where you are is that correct yeah 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 definitely what you want the life story um well how much time have you got <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So very, very brief life story. So, so my history was I was like a really unhealthy kid. Like from the, from the day I was born, I was premature, you know, massively underweight, had to be incubated, all that type of shit. And then grew up like badly asthmatic, um, very unhappy kid, 
got into drugs quite in quite a bad way, living in squats, doing heroin, all that type of stuff. Uh, had a dose of the cancers at one point, I had some throat cancer, and had to have a lot of treatment for that when I was 24. Uh, died once, but got revived. That was a fucking result. And that was wow. like an asthma type thing. And then that kind of, I guess that, that gave me a different value on life, having, mm. you know, been through all the shit that I'd been through to kind of get me there. And then I started training to become a personal trainer. Initially, I wanted to do it when I was 23. Um, and then when I was 24, the cancer appeared or, or I got diagnosed with it. They're like, doctor, surprise, that's not a cyst. Like, oh, shit. Wow. And that kind of knocked me off, back, knocked me off track. So then I started getting back into fitness. It must have been about two, three years later. And then I became a personal trainer. And then it kind of just followed on from there. But because of my history, I was always more interested in the performance side of health and fitness yeah. as opposed to the aesthetic side of it. Yeah. Because I saw how much I changed within it. And I wasn't the person I always thought I was. So that was always what, what was valuable to me, you know. And then... My mum died, it'd be 10 years ago this year, actually, and she died of cancer, and I kind of felt that I couldn't help her, obviously, so there was there was that element to it. But the money I got from her then went into my education and allowed me access to all this stuff that I didn't have access to before. So I just kind of went on a big learning frenzy, mm. and it drew me here to eventually I ended up helping somebody heal from terminal cancer, which would have been six years ago now this year. And... um. Yeah, fucking hell, six years since, since Mariella. She's still alive now. She had three, six months to live, but it kind of felt like it came full circle. Yeah. Like, oh, Cancer been a huge part in my life. All the big turning points have been that. Wow. And, I'm, I'm and here you are. So are. You, were, you were saying about the, um, kind of in terms of, you know, like, it's, it's quite hard to sort of compartmentalize aspects of like magic <laughs> obviously there's so much that you're doing but you were you were kind of referencing about you actually help people unscramble the neurological nonsense and I really like that kind of phrase in terms of like the things that underlie people's physical and emotional issues so can we sort of delve into that like what does that what does that actually mean this neurological nonsense what's been your experience with that with the people that you work with so all function at, at every level of anything is essentially down to communication resources and communication or information and communication is the right information getting to where it needs for that thing to do what it needs to do if not it breaks down and it, it can't function yeah whether it be an atom a human or, or whatever so my whole job really is looking at what's going on in an underlying communication perspective for an issue to be an issue in the first place whether it's like any dysfunction has a communication issue underneath it, mm -hmm. whether it's a mechanical issue, whether it's a chronic health issue, whether it's trauma, emotion, brain function, you you name it. There's something going on underneath. So my whole job really is to improve communication underneath it all. And the brain goes, oh, yeah, and that's how I fucking work. And it just does its shit properly, you know. And I've been using it for, well, years now, and, and it's the change can be really, really instantaneous in a lot of people as well, because all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I've got resources back. I can do stuff again. I can start, I can move this arm better or, or whatever it is. But as I got deeper into it and the stuff that I loved, I kind of ran into the emotional side of it. Like, oh, now this, this, this is fucking magic. This is golden. Yeah. You know? So it's do you see, so in terms of that connect, that communication piece, do you see a lot of people that have like, 
um, dysfunction on a physical level. So do you work a lot with pain, don't you? Like people that have got like physical pain. And yeah, I used like to. I still do okay. here and there. But now I've kind of gone different layers. Okay. And how how relevant or how often is that emotional um I don't use the word block as such but like emotions being stuck or trapped within like the human body how mm. often does that appear when you're working with your clients around I guess helping them um if I had to toss a coin if I if I had to guess percentage wise I would say give or take 0% 100% of the time <laughs> I had a feeling you might respond with something like that. <laughs> Slightly rhetorical question on my side. Yeah, always. Um, so in obviously that's that's your experience working in the way that you do at the minute. And I was um I was chatting with someone previously before you and I hopped on, and we were saying about how when we're doing quite unconventional work in the world, and I'm sure that you're okay for me to label your work as being unconventional, um, what have been or actually, what are some of your challenges when you're, I guess, speaking to people about it or actually explaining what it is that you do or actually getting people to understand this connection between physical pain and emotion? Like, what are the things that you can bump up against? I tend not to talk about it a great deal, to be honest. Yeah, I, okay. I do a little bit. But because most people come to me through the way I put myself out online, they're, they're kind of open anyway, most of the time, you know. If I speak to a stranger, there, there's more challenges, somebody who's completely fresh to me, who isn't necessarily willing to open up, then, then it becomes a little bit more difficult. And it's sometimes a little bit like banging your head on the wall, you know, but everyone knows on some level that they have unprocessed shit within them. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we all know that, you can't fucking deny that. but. When, when you brush up against people's triggers, they tend to kind of and, and yeah. shoot off and either they, they start attacking or, or they shut down, you know. So I've learned over the years to just not, or just don't, you know, because people will only receive information at, what's it, there's a Joe Dispenza quote, so I'm going to bastardize it a little bit, but people can only receive information at the level of their emotions. Mm. So if they're not, if they're in like a real emotional state and in turmoil, you're not gonna, it doesn't matter how you talk to them. They can only hear that that level. It's like a frequency is, is how I look at it. It's, we're kind of tuned to different frequencies and it depends on our emotional state, what we hold on to a lot or what we're in at the time. So if people are tuned differently to what I'm saying. They're not gonna fucking hear it. It doesn't matter how I word it. You know, how, how glorious my copy is, what great power words I use or any of that shit. If they're tuned out, it ain't happening. So I've learned to not waste my time. Do you know what? That's quite a good attitude to have when it comes to like marketing and promoting what you do. It's like, well, when people are ready, they're gonna they're gonna be open to it, aren't they? And otherwise, there's kind of no point. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you know, you, you go down like when you first start learning about marketing and copying all that type of stuff. You, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel a bit. Ugh. If, if it doesn't if I don't feel it I can't do it and if I put something out that I don't feel I guarantee it will go it will go badly you know if I have conversations every time I've had a conversation where I've had to use like or say had to I've tried using a script or a blueprint or a certain type of elevator pitch or anything like that or whatever sales training I've been to boom dead yeah. or I'll get the wrong type of people so for me yes yeah, just about 
being true and aligning with what I do and then everyone else will come. They don't, they don't. It's not no, their time. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the core of what holistic well holistic can we call it holistic marketing is or authentic marketing I don't even know what what you'd sort of label it as but yeah it's it's just speaking it from your truth isn't it and not really trying to do it in any other way and just trusting that the right people that are going to read it or see it or hear it are going to be ready when they are yeah, yeah. exactly and it takes the stress out of it I think yeah because any, any tension in you is going to come out in in the stuff that you're putting out there yeah definitely right questions kind of rolling up the sleeves we're going to delve into some practical well practical stuff to some degree so obviously you and I are in the online space and I'm guessing that you do work with a lot of people maybe within the online world maybe business owners high performers that kind of that kind of thing um and you said about unscrambling all of this stuff and that we all have our own shit and sometimes we know we have and sometimes we don't know we have and then the body like lets us know um how can people that might not yet be on this journey of unscrambling all of this nonsense and actually healing themselves ultimately, where does that kind of start? And what would be some really, um, I guess, practical or just really easy things to be aware of in terms of, well, the stuff that you do, you know, I'm going to let you start with that and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So there's, there's layers to it layers of function you know i'm just going down in different layers so the first layer i'm guessing kind of how how i order in my head is uh general overall stress Mm -hmm. you know how how well is somebody thinking can they have they got brain fog all all that type of stuff um are they scattered are they sleeping shit so my my first port of call if i was working on on a layer basis would be to find a way to get them to de-stress somehow yeah. i mean it's using my stuff but i can't talk about that because it's my stuff and it doesn't make fucking sense in, in context of this but the the first port of call is how how can that person relax enough de-stress enough to get enough resources back into the front part of their brain where all their executive functions are the ability to think logically creatively impulse control all that type of stuff you know because until we've got resources back in there you can't move forward yeah, and that's, stress, that's I mean, part of your body, your brain, and how you create your future is there. Now, obviously, within like the online entrepreneurial high performance sphere, stress is arguably something that most people experience, correct? <laughs> so actually, that sort of how do we navigate it, switch off from it? And you said about you know, then doing so in order to like bring that next thing forward. This yeah. is arguably a bit of an epidemic then, is it? <laughs> massively an epidemic yeah we 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 have a big problem at the moment there's so many people are so fucking stressed out their brains aren't functioning properly they can't think they can't concentrate blah blah you know they already can't focus they're crashing the stress brain can't take on new things and now and this is a big problem that i see which gets right on my fucking tits is everyone's getting labeled with adhd when a lot of the time they don't necessarily have ADHD. It's a stressed out, traumatized brain. To the, the it's all happened since lockdown. Blah, 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 right? Yeah. Now there may be people that have these issues, and and there's a difference between somebody that has had some neuro neurological development issues, which they've had since kid. They skip the crawling phase, primitive reflexes, all that type of stuff, and they're they're neurodivergent in that sense. And there's a difference between people that are so stressed out and been traumatized that their brain has started compartmentalizing and not functioning well they're two very different things mm. but unfortunately a lot of people are now 
labeling themselves accept themselves as a label for one thing when it's not when it's just a stress response oh that's so interesting because you're right there has been this massive influx of people that are now saying that they've been diagnosed labeled etc as adhd i kind of see it as being a bit rife at the minute it's like every other person i'm not criticizing anyone by the way watching or listening who that genuinely is true for them but i think this conversation now about like stress and how it affects the brain is something that if we're in this world of being very busy and creating businesses and being probably quite high performers anyway this is possibly something that a lot of people don't really take into consideration exactly and add to that the whole the whole lockdown situation um how stressful it is just being in social media because there's always people negative and attacking all that type of shit it's it's a very stressful situation you know and it's we're kind of taught to think that there's something wrong with us Mm. but most of the time there isn't it's it's, it's a normal healthy response that a human being would be having given the situation that you're in you know there's that johan harvey quote which i love it's not the animal it's the cage (laughs) you know i fucking love that but unfortunately a lot of people will accept that there's something wrong with us yeah yeah, what if it's just something something needs to change for you to manage it better to release this or whatever it is and then you can move forward in life if you accept that label yeah that's true medicate the fuck out themselves yeah i mean labels can be sometimes useful but i'm not a huge fan of labels like people they can become self-fulfilling can't they it's like it's the definition of everything um just going back to what you said gareth like my my head's going off now in different tangents i'm like rachel you need to find a thread that we can continue with this the stress that you were saying and you were, you were starting to talk about the layers of which people can start to kind of process their shit I and mean, you started with this this stress and the stress brain in a very practical sense then what can we be doing and I know this is quite a big question but if we are on social media all the time and we are very you know aware of that information overload and there's a lot of stuff going on and obviously there's only so much that we can I guess process to some degree like what's what's a practical thing because I totally get that I can get very overwhelmed with social media if I'm not super super careful um but Mm. practically what what can we be doing about it yeah well you know when when we're stressed out we can lose up to 80% resources in the front part of the brain which is trouble Wow. wow and if you think about it like as a as an animal a human animal prancing around in the forests of old the rate of information that we would take in is considerably less than what we're taking in now. So we're all massively overstimulated. Just by our own, own existence, we're all traumatized animals on this planet because we live in lives that we're not meant to fucking live. Yeah. And it's getting worse. So that's a fucking given. I don't care who the fuck you are. If you're a modern human, you're traumatized to fuck. You're living the wrong life. But we have to learn how to manage it if we really want to thrive and live a fulfilling life of meaning and so on and so forth, folks. So it comes there, we really have to be mindful and deliberate in our focus, A, how much information we're bringing in and the quality of the information, but also being willing to apply the brakes, you know. One of the most important things that I say to people with my clients and talk about my book, if ever I speak on a podcast or stage, or it's one of the things I always talk about is barefoot earthing, which I fucking love. And Mm. it's like, a fundamental thing for all life on this planet to be connected to the earth because there's an exchange of information electrons electromagnetic fields all that type of stuff and all life is connected to that conductive nature of life right 
except for us we live in the modern world where we've altered our environment so much that we're cut off from the basic fundamental resources of all life on this planet electrons yeah and if we're electron deficient that stresses our system you know and it's been they say that earthing barefoot earthing uh lowers your blood pressure stress levels it speeds healing inflammation all that type of shit right but it's not that it does that it's that we're so electron deficient that these things are a byproduct so fundamental get yourself out in nature contact the earth get an earth in that whatever it is get in the fucking sea just like disconnect and get some of the valuable resources back because if you don't have the resources that you need you can't do what you need to do so it's really interesting that you said that because you know this kind of like state of stress then that a lot of humans are actually in whether they're aware of it or not and you said about 80 percent loss of so is that 80 percent loss of like performance and how we're actually able to to do the things that we're wanting to do yeah, so we, we lose up to 80% resources in, in the, the executive centers of the brain, the front part of the brain. So, wow. Because, because there is where our creativity, our logic, our reasoning, impulse control, uh, short-term memory is up there as well. So our ability to essentially create a new future becomes really different, really difficult. You know, and a stressed brain can't take on new things. We can't think our way out of anything different. We can't take on anything different, you know, like we try and do like a, a new course or or, or whatever, you know, like, fuck off, don't and you just uh, you yeah, end up in a bad case of fuckers and just in a, in a loop, in a circle, but that circle's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Just as you're saying that, I'm sort of thinking of people that I know or clients that I've had and conversations that I witnessed and actually this online business entrepreneurial space is actually a perfect breeding ground or the conditions then of people actually ending up in such a heightened state of well, I guess stress isn't it but actually that's yeah. then detrimental to the very business that they're trying to grow exactly very much so very much so so then yeah, we have people sorry carry on Gareth so life's about balance we need the accelerator and the brake the accelerator is glorified the brake's fucking ignored <laughs> you know I mean? so this kind of pushing and hustling and doing isn't actually being balanced the other side with the switching off and the relaxation. Yeah, exactly. The, the replenishment of resources. Yeah. What's, um, you mentioned about the kind of getting back into nature and sort of the barefoot grounding. I'm forever doing that, by the way. My husband thinks it's hilarious. It's like pissing down outside and Rachel's in the garden with no shoes on. <laughs> but it makes me feel good. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Some, there's something in that for sure. Um. Right. Let's let's kind of some conscious of, you know, how much time we've got. You, you started with the, the stress. So what would be the next layer below that or kind of continuing on from that? Um, the next. Well, it all ties in, really. It all ties in. But I, I just use that as an as an overarching thing, because it's something that people can kind of take control of. Uh, movement is a big one as well. You know, because we're, yeah. we're human beings, we're made to move. You know, we, we are, we have more capacity for complex movement than any other species on the planet. The less we move, the, the less we're able to move. You know, we, we lose our ability to move. And brain function and movement are intimately linked. You know, the, the better we move, the better our brain functions. The better our brain functions, the better we move. And wow. there's an inverse relationship with that as well. 
So, so that's not a placebo then where I know if I'm like, if I kind of train or I go to the gym like in the morning early, I, I am more productive in the day. So actually that is scientifically true. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely. Yeah, that's it's, yeah, it's really important because we have like, we're made to move us. We've got all like the hormones and all that stuff happens through movement, but different brain regions are stimulated through different types of exercise as well. So if we're not doing it, those the, the brain's got to very much use it or lose it kind of thing because the brain as an organ is so energy costly. It's always looking to save energy somewhere. So as soon as you stop using something, it starts pruning it off and trimming down. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have to be a little bit deliberate in doing stuff to make sure that it's good because we stimulate it, it grows. We leave yeah. it, it starts to shrink. Yeah. And you probably know, you've probably seen loads of people over the years that they lose their movement capacity uh, they lose their thinking capacity they just end up in little loops and people become literally less intelligent um less ability to move less emotionally fluid should mm. we say healthy you know and, and, and everything becomes smaller you know and we're mind body and soul we're not just one thing we're not a body we're not a brain you know we're, we're, we are everything and it, as soon as we start compartmentalizing we end up in trouble and it's it's really about honouring what it is to be human. Which I think sadly many people have forgotten. Yeah, because the, the modern world doesn't want that. Yeah. So we've got the stress, the stress part, we've got movement. What, what other things kind of also contribute to how we, yeah, unscramble ourselves? Obviously there's nutrition, obviously. Uh, just don't eat too much shit, hydrate well. You know, that, that's a big thing um sleep huge absolutely fucking huge and artificial lights the blue light you know is, is a big one in, in really disrupting our sleep so our our brain responds to responds to light you know in the daytime because always daytime got to get up there's shit to do yeah. the night time dark wicked get out of bed relax yeah. repair. but because we live in a world where we're exposed to so much artificial light particularly um artificial blue light which is much much stronger from a screen than it is out there in the blue sky it's really disruptive for our hormones it will get like these little spikes and it throws our body clock off and we end up with what's known as a circadian mismatch and it just means that the body clock is doing the wrong things at the wrong time and if it's doing mm -hmm. the wrong things at the wrong time we're not managing ourselves properly you know stress hormones are up the wrong in the night sleep hormones are up in the day you've got no energy in the day like, oh my god i'm fucking flat i feel depressed maybe you're just the wrong way around Oh, that's you know? interesting. Yeah. And that can affect sex drive. It can affect immune function. It affects brain function. Everything and anything. There isn't a single biological process you have that isn't affected by light. Wow. Do you know what I find fascinating with these kind of conversations? I mean, very similar to you. I've been in this um, holistic health sphere, I guess, for quite a long time now. And it's, you know, it's such an important part of who I who I am besides like you know the the business world but how many people who are I guess in the entrepreneurial business sphere who focus 99% of their energy on like you know next level growth and hitting their finance numbers and doing all the doings and investing in the coaches and actually this bit of who they are of everything that you've just said is completely not even neglected it's just completely ignored and it's so for me it's just a really bizarre I'm sure, I'm sure that you're the same. Like, without any of this, we don't have the ability to, to, to grow a business or to create it in the first place. 
Yeah, exactly. Or you end up creating a business that you hate that destroys you. Yeah, no. which I think And happens. we all know people in the space that we've seen, people in the space that run their businesses off of that type of attitude or or even worse, well, not even worse, but bad, is people that run it off of, um, let's say, more negative emotions. So proving people wrong, anger, spite, uh, do you know what I mean? And, and they fucking hate themselves and look ill. And there's yeah. a lot of that around, you know. And some people have great businesses, but do they have fulfilling lives? Are they healthy? Yeah, well, I mean, without our health, as cliche as it sounds, it's like we don't have anything, do we? And I think it's, you know, this is part of the conversations that I really want to have with people from different ex experiences that they have with what they do of how bloody important this is now it's like you know growing businesses and financial freedom and all of that is magic and I'm fucking there for it a million times over but without our health that is completely it's not worth anything exactly look at Steve Jobs as an example right created Apple but he was notoriously difficult to be around notoriously angry man and died an early death you know Great money, sweet. Well done, well done, son. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me about your book, Gareth. I already know about your book because I know you've got one. <laughs> yeah, how to do the shit the modern world does to us. Okay, brilliant yeah, title. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just appeared to me one day. That that's kind of like the the foundations of this stuff, kind of. Um, but it's five years old now. This will be six years old at the end of this year. And in that, I talk about the grounding and the light and the movement on a, on a much simpler level. Um, terrible, terrible grammar in the book. Terrible grammar. I did get it all nice, freshly edited, but the grammar didn't sound like me. So I edited it all back because I wouldn't fucking say that. I love it. Yeah, put you back in it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that should be a word. I hope that's a was. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all that shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically a, a list of things, a collection of ideas that I think are important for us to honour what it is to be human in the modern world because we're stuck here. Yeah, definitely. So our best. You know, it's, it's health and happiness isn't random. I say it's kind of we have to be a little bit deliberate in our intentions to live good lives. Do you? It sounds like a bit of a dark question that's popped in my head, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Yeah. Do you have a bit of concern or fear about like where the world is going? So I've got two kids, they're nearly 10 and 13. Obviously like technology and screens and everything has been a big part of their childhood because it's just the, the world that they're growing up in. And every so often I get this, it is almost like a fear of like, where is the world going in terms of like you said, this whole, we're just disconnected from some yeah. of the really simple, important things of being human. Do you ever have thoughts like that? Or is that just me? I used to have thoughts like that quite a lot and it used to make me very angry and very scared and very mm -hmm. upset because I can see what's happening and I can see and, and the deeper I go and the more I understand or my understanding of the human experience and what we need to be healthy becomes the worse I can see it getting yeah. so um yeah absolutely absolutely it, it, it is it is kind of a worry on one level but on another level I can't focus on that. I can only focus on what I'm doing because my job is to try and counteract that. You know, so if I get caught up in that, then I drown myself in it. No, no. Which I, I have done more than one occasion, you know, but my, my whole job now as a practitioner, as a healing dude, <clears throat> and everything that I'm trying to bring out into the world is to help people 
look after themselves and elevate their own consciousness so they're not drowned in this fucking shit yeah when uh, when you're actually working then with your with your clients do you I mean do you specialize in any particular kind of client or any particular issue that they have or are you here to help everybody yeah not anymore I used to I used to really focus on chronic health issues with entrepreneurial women that was my my initial niche um and pain and, and then I kind of just stopped niching I was like I just don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. um but partly because it just didn't feel right but also I've, I was dragging myself down a little bit with it you know and I had um I had one client come to me for terminal cancer I was her last ditch attempt and then she died and it was all terribly traumatic and emotional and stuff like that but it was also amazing at the same time because she she brought a lot to me <clears throat> and when that happened she said to me in our last session she said to me um you're not here for me. I'm here for you. I'm here to help you remind people who they are. And I was like, oh, oh my God, this fucking just broke. Do you know what I mean? And and that kind of changed my, that was a real big tipping point for me to focus really on helping people reconnect to who they are, you know, on a, on a fundamental deep level, emotionally, spiritually, all that type of stuff. So short answer, no, I don't have a niche, <laughs> but people come to me from all sorts. I, like, last week I had like a three-year-old girl who's had anxiety problems, not be able to interact with adults. You know, I've got like um, entrepreneurial people that just know something's stuck and they want to move. I've got people that want to let go of emotions and links to stuff. I've got people whose brain doesn't function, they're all scattered and they want to be back, you know. Yeah. Occasionally, I get people with a bit of pain and health stuff, but less so nowadays. Um, so, short answer, no. That's okay, because sometimes <laughs> we need to get clear of like a niche and then decide that we don't want to do it anymore, and that's all right as well. <laughs> yeah, I do still work with that stuff, but it, it became much more about it became much more of a soul thing for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, like, I can I can feel that how you talk about it. It's about this whole reconnection thing of like reminding people of actually who they are, like they're human. That is at the yeah. core of healing, isn't it? Exactly. I get a little bit emotional about it sometimes. And I know because I get emotional about it, I know there has to be the path. The thing, there's there's yeah. no other way I can go. Yeah. Not I when, yeah. I think when when humans forget how amazing they are or how powerful they are or how enough they are or how worthy they are and all of this stuff then gets you know laid on top that's the problem so however we get to do our work whether it's mindset or body work or breath work or healing it's it's the part of that collective shift isn't it that we are contributing to well helping humans be better I suppose yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all, all healing, however we're doing it, through the, the many many modalities that, that we all operate in, is essentially about reminding people who they are. It's a release from the past, from the layers of shit which hide the truth of what's underneath. My goodness. Know, however they now. Yeah, so true. Going back to that labels thing, the labels that people have owned for such a long time that perhaps were never theirs in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all so. of it. Absolutely. Well, I could talk to you, Gareth, for at least another 7,000 hours, if not more, because this is literally just the tip of the iceberg of what I know that you do and everything else. But before we do finish, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to know more about you and the work that we're doing? Yeah. Uh, Facebook is my my most busy platform because I like writing shit and dick about. Um. Instagram I'm on but it's a it's a less dicky about version 
I'm still there. Instagram, Gareth Ridley. There's my website, garethridley.com, or you can email me, gareth at garethridley.com. Um, <laughs> Amazing. I'm about, yeah. All those places. I'm well, I'm going to make sure that we've got all your social media website links wherever people are watching or listening. Um, and obviously, if anything Gareth has said and you're like, oh, I need to know more about this, then obviously. Oh, oh yes. And the book is on Amazon. Nice little plug there at the end. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Gareth, thank you so much for your time today. And I may be inviting you back on because there's, there's branches of that conversation that I would love to explore with you in another one, if that would be all right with you. <laughs> Help me the fuck in. Yes, amazing. Well, listen, thank you. And it was a pleasure to talk to you. Hope to speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Loris. Thanks for listening, gorgeous one. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and that you don't miss any future episodes as I have got some phenomenal guests in the pipeline all sharing their wisdom to help you with your business, your mindset, your energy, and everything in between. Right, catch up with you later. Have a fabulous day. <laughs>